This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this week, ahead of Monday night's Ayrshire Derby at Rugby Park between Kilmarnock and Air United, I speak to fans of both clubs about their Derby memories and what the Ayrshire Derby means to them. Before we get started, here's your weekly dose of trivia. Which team has won the Ayrshire Derby the most? We'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. The Ayrshire Derby has been played by Kilmarnock and Air United since 1910, when Air FC and Air Parkhouse FC merged to form Air United. Other Air clubs such as Air Academicals, Air Eglinton and Air Thistle had also played matches against Kilmarnock, but these matches usually came about in local competitions and the Air sides were unable to gain any dominance within the county over Kilmarnock. With none of the previous Air clubs being able to make a serious attempt to gain the local bragging rights over Kelly, Air United got off to a good start as in the very first meeting between the two sides in September 1910, they drew 4-4. Over the years, there have been many memorable meetings between the two in various competitions. Air fans of a certain vintage like to recall the meeting between the two sides in the Ayrshire Cup in 1965, just days after Kelly had become league champions. Air won 1-0 to take the trophy back to Somerset Park, embarrassing their rivals. Ross Matthew will recall the derby at Somerset Park where he went to take a throw-in for Kelly, only to be dragged over the wall and into the crowd by the Air fans. Air fans also recall with great fondness the heady days of the 70s, when Ali McLeod was their manager and they enjoyed a period of dominance in the derby. Kelly fans enjoy reminiscing about the rocket of a goal scored by Tommy Burns in the early 1990s, in the same game that ex-air player John Sludden also scored in for Kelly. As the 1990s progressed, meetings between the two sides were saved for cup competitions, as Kelly were promoted to the Premier Division in 1993. Air defeated Kelly 1-0 in the League Cup in 1996, with former Kelly player Robert Connor scoring the winner. Air managed to earn a big scalp in the Scottish Cup in 1998 by beating Kelly 2-0, made all the sweeter since Kelly were the cup holders from the previous season. As the Ayrshire Cup was set to be dissolved in 1998, the two sides met at Rugby Park to see who would take the trophy home for good. With Air leading 2-0 at half-time, a rousing comeback from Kelly saw them win 4-2 and Dylan Kerr claimed the seats of the Moffat stand to celebrate with the home fans after scoring. This came as revenge for Kelly and the Ayrshire Cup is still at Rugby Park to this day, much to the annoyance of the honest men. The pendulum was to swing back in the favour of Air the following year as they defeated their rivals 3-0 at Somerset Park and Andy Walker's chip penalty went past Gordon Marshall. Ayr also won the next meeting in 2001, putting Kelly out of the League Cup after a 5-4 win on penalties. After Kelly had reached the 2001 League Cup final where they were beaten by Celtic, Ayr then made it all the way to the 2002 final at the expense of their rivals, 
where they would ultimately lose to Rangers. Despite a short-lived pre-season competition attempting to bring back a regular derby in the mid noughties it wouldn't be until January 2009 that the two clubs would meet again in a competitive match when Kelly went down to Somerset Park in the Scottish Cup with hopes of winning away at Ayr for the first time since the early 1990s. Manuel Pascali put Kelly ahead after 9 minutes but 6 minutes later Dean Keenan had equalised for Ayr. With the scores level at the break, Kelly went ahead 2-1 not long after the restart thanks to Craig Bryson and had a chance to go 3-1 up with a penalty only for striker, occasional River City actor and former England striker coach Alan Russell to have his shot saved by Stephen Grindley. This was to be crucial as Ayr then got momentum from this and substitute Alex Williams equalised in the very last minute of the game to keep Kelly's hoodoo alive and even got a yellow card for taking his top off and kissing the referee as part of his celebrations. The replay at Rugby Park saw Ayr take the lead through what at first looked like a Brian Prunty header, but replays showed that Prunty had used his hand to score. In the second half, Kelly finally seemed to wake up and score through Simon Ford, but David Fernandez was sent off after losing his temper with an Ayr player and lashing out. With only 10 men, Kelly scored two more goals through Mehdi Tayo and Simon Ford to win 3-1. Kelly fan Claire Morrison got in touch with us to tell us that this game is one of her favourite derbies, but Air fans will be much fonder of their comeback in the initial game at Somerset Park. In 2012, the Ayrshire derby was played outside of the county for the first time ever as the teams met in the semi-finals of the League Cup. With a place in the final at stake, Kelly dominated the game and it was only the goalkeeping of Kevin Cuthbert that kept the honest men in the game. The game went to extra time and it was Dean Shields who finally broke the deadlock in the 109th minute, sending Kelly into the final where they upset the bookies odds and defeated Celtic 1-0. The teams met again in the League Cup in 2014 in a scrappy second round derby that Kelly won 1-0 at Rugby Park thanks to a goal from Rory McKenzie. But it was Ayr who would produce a cup shock in the most recent meeting thanks to a headed goal from Andy Gegan at Somerset Park in 2017. This means Kelly's hoodoo at Somerset Park remains. But with Kilmarnock being relegated from the Premiership in May 2021, this means we are guaranteed four derbies this season. This will be the first meeting between the two sides in the league since the 20th of March 1993 when both sides shared the spoils at Rugby Park after a 1-1 draw. A whole generation of fans from both sides have grown up without a regular league derby and now, 28 years on, will Ayr be able to give their opponents a shock welcome into the second tier? Or will Kelly maintain their good home record against Ayr? Drew Lambert has been an Air United fan for over 50 years and I spoke with him about his memories of the Derby from an Air perspective. How long have you been an Air fan and what's your first memory of supporting them? Uh, I have, I think the first time I went to Somerset was probably in the, uh, the late 60s so um, it's, um, it's well over a, a half century, unbelievably. Uh, been watching our United. First memory, 
um, is probably just of, of, of going to some of them. My grand, granddad and uh, my dad took me along at first uh, to see the team uh, play. First game, I think, was um, against St. Johnson, uh, where they had a, a baldy guy up front called Henry Hall, who um, my dad was raving about. I think St. Johnson paid some like 15 or 20,000 uh, for this uh, centre forward, who was, I think, the first bald player I'd ever seen play uh, football. He just looked ancient uh, to me. I was probably only, I think, about eight, nine years old, something like that. But yeah, uh, going to Somerset to see uh, St. Johnson uh, with Henry Hall up front. And I think St. Johnson did actually beat her that day. So yeah, that was the, uh, the first memory of uh, going to see the honest men. And following on from that, what are your memories of how Somerset looked back then or how it was going to the games back then? Um, it was uh, well, certainly the ground. Um, I can remember um, the, the terraces were actually, there were cinders on the, the terracing, so you had uh, cinders under your feet. Um, I don't think here had floodlights at that point. I think here had floodlights, I think it was the early 70s before he had got floodlights. Um, and the other peculiar thing I remember was that at halftime, the fans would switch around. So their fans would switch sides uh, with the, the, the opposition fans and walk behind. Uh, air traditionally played into Somerset Road End in the second half. So fans of the opposition would uh, have to swap round to allow the air fans to walk into Somerset Road End or they'd be penned in there. So it was... Uh, a pretty strange uh, affair by uh, today's standard, but um, a great atmosphere when the um, the ground was full. Um, it's, it hasn't really changed a great deal. Uh, a few bits of modernisation here and there, but the park, to my memory, still um, seems the same. There used to be a wee, um, I seem to remember there was a, 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 a programme shop sort of near the halfway line where you could go and buy people collected programmes and you could go and swap and buy programmes there and there was a wee pie stall there as well. It was all pretty basic stuff uh, and uh, the toilets were um, sort of third world at that stage. You know, there's not a lot of drainage going on there um, and um, it was just um, it was a fantastic atmosphere at the ground. Just a, a good place to be. You mentioned there about the fans swapping over um, at half time, obviously shooting one way in the first half and shooting the other way in the second half. Would you have got that in an Ayrshire derby? I don't think that happened. I think there was uh, a line of police, um, was my memory of it, and a, a bit of segregation between the two fans. And then subsequently, they put a, a barrier up, uh, which is still there that stops. Uh, uh, fans switching around, but um, I, I don't remember that happening because the crowds, certainly my first memories of the, the Ayrshire Derby, the crowds were just huge. Uh, so it, it just wasn't possible. And there'd probably been a lot of crowd trouble as well if that had happened. So I think the police stopped all of that happening. But sort of smaller games, you know, against the sort of mother roles and uh, hearts and so on, um, yeah, they, they switched ends. Because unlike uh, counties such as Lanarkshire, Ayrshire only really has the two big senior teams at the minute in Ayr and Kilmarnock, do you think that that adds to the occasion of the Ayrshire derby? Uh, yeah, I, th I think so. I, th I think it definitely does. Um, and certainly, 
if you're, you know, if you're born in here, then I don't know anyone that uh, would ever have supported Kilmarnock. It's sort of in your blood. You, um, you're an air fan, and that's it. Uh, and it's uh, it's different than, I suppose, um, supporting the um, the old film. It's not all about winning if you're an air fan. It's just a bit. Uh, uh, I don't know what it is about. It's about senior pals on a Saturday. It's um, just about um, being born and bred, and your parents watching the team, your grandparents supporting the team as well. So it's um, it's it's in the blood, and it's just a huge rivalry. What are your first memories of going to the derbies? Other than you've mentioned the line of police that would stop the fans from interacting directly with each other. My memories, um, sort of earliest memories, I remember having to leave. Uh, we lived in Heathfield, so we were only 10, 15 minute walk from Somerset. And we'd have to leave early. Me and my dad, grandpa, I would think we were leaving an hour or so before the game kicked off to get a, a place to stand in the terraces, get in, get yourself organised, because the queues to get in were, were huge. Um, and just getting yourself organised to get a, a spot in the terracing was uh, meant you left there. Like we got there, the crowd was just enormous. The atmosphere was electric, and um, it was just tribal. It was um, it, it was fantastic, brilliant. Are there any matches in particular between Air and Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock and Air that stick out for you? A it's a good question. Um, the um, I can remember, and I think it was it would have been the eighties. There was a, had a fanzine called um, Four One, I think it was called, and that was named after um, an air victory when we beat Kelly Four One. Uh, an air had John Sludden, Henry Templeton, players like that in the team. I remember air just absolutely annihilating Kilmarnock that day. Uh, one of the few occasions when we really took Kilmarnock to the cleaners. Uh, and Kilmarnock being able to do nothing about it. I remember that game, that was uh, a fantastic match. Um, I've got to say the Andy Walker um, chipped penalty when I think we won, was it 3-1 or 3-0? 3-0. I can also remember, I don't know when this would be, but uh, we had a, a, a striker called Danny Masterton who was signed from Newkirk Junior, so hard as nails, uh, and I can remember him playing in a game where we won 2-0 and uh, just winding up the command of defence mercilessly and winding up the crowd as well. And uh, when I, I think it was 2-0, uh, I think McLeod would have been manager at the time. McLeod had to take Masterton off before, I think probably McDickin or one of these sort of guys playing for Kilmarnock. So I broke his leg or, or took him out of the game. So, um, yeah, those sort of games... Uh, stick in your mind. I can also remember, I don't know when this, you, you might be able to tell me, um, Kilmarnock getting three players sent off at Rugby Park. I can remember that. And I think I think Harkness was probably playing at the time. I think Harkness got on and had hardly even kicked the ball before he, he was sent off. I don't know when that would have been, but um, I can remember that. Um, are there any big game players that you absolutely loved having in your team when the derbies came around? I, I loved Hugh Sprott, who was um, a pretty eccentric keeper that he had. 
would um, sort of swing in the bar and face the opposition fans uh, when they were attacking. Uh, I don't know if this is against Kilmarnock, but I can remember, it might have been Rangers actually, I remember someone throwing a can at them and I'm picking up the can and drinking out the can, uh, a can of beer and uh, loving it back in the crowd. Danny Mass, something I mentioned, he was a fantastic player. Uh, probably not the most skillful centre forward, but uh, just a, uh, give 100% uh, every time he plays. A guy called Johnny Graham, who's probably my favourite air player. I think we signed him from Hibs. He's just a fantastically skillful, elegant, sort of, um, I suppose, number 10, you would uh, call him nowadays. Um, and um, Sammy McInesby, who um, I can remember breaking Colin Steen's nose uh, in one one game. So, yeah, those sort of players, probably players from the... Um, 70s really and then in the, the 80s with Sludden and Templeton uh, those sort of players but I, I, I do remember the 70s players for whatever reason probably because we were in the um, Premier League at that stage and uh, could attract some uh, pretty good good players And on the flip side of the same coin were there any opposition players that you love to hate or save a bit of vitriol for come Derby Day? I uh, Hate's a strong word, but uh, yeah, Derek McDickin and uh, Paul Clark um, did not like either of them, uh, particularly McDickin. It was just brutal. Got away with murder and uh, never get sent off. I don't know how that worked, but uh, yeah, he seemed to um, uh, get away with murder. Yeah, I, I just and, and Rusty Harkness didn't like Harkness either, but. Um, that would probably be it, uh, I think. What was the last Ayrshire Derby game that you attended? Uh, the last one I went to was, uh, I was trying to remember uh, when this was, I think it, it was 2017 when we won 1-0 at Somerset uh, and Andy Gagan scored uh, with a header. Uh, just get nobody marked in penalty and a, a completely free header. Uh, and we hung on and we won 1-0. Uh, that I think we went remember going to that game expecting nothing of it and uh, we, we won one nil amazingly. Now given that Ayrshire derbies up until recently have been very few and far between due to the two teams being in different leagues, do you think that that will dilute the importance or maybe the spectacle of the derbies that we're going to have given that we've got four guaranteed this year? I don't think so, but I would think the reverse, uh, hopefully, um, because it's been such a long time since we've, we've played in the same league. Um, I would think that um, it's probably going to make them even more. Um, the crowds probably won't be as big, um, and that's probably a product of television. Um, you know, that being a TV, COVID, so as I understand that there's no way our fans allowed at that game. But I would think it will um, hopefully... Uh, just make them even more enjoyable, bigger um, matches. Uh, the fact that we haven't played forever, and of course, if you know, Kamarnock are probably going to be, I would think, one of the favourites to win the league. So, provided they are competitive uh, and um, are in the mix, I would think I would think that there'll be some pretty big crowds. Thanks to Drew for speaking to us. We now move on to the Kelly Perspective by speaking with Sandy Armour, 
a Kilmarnock fan and editor of the Kelly Hippo fanzine. How long have you been a Kilmarnock fan for and what's your first recollection of supporting them, your first memory? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm one of those guys that my dad took me, you know, as soon as I could walk, took me to the park. So I've, I've known nothing else, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember going over to the, the old stand and, the, you know, the smell of smoke and bovril and stuff, <laughs> the cold winter's night. Um, so, yeah, as I say, I, I, you hear people asking, you know, what the first ever Kilmarnock game? I honestly don't remember because it was so small. I don't remember what my first actual game was, but I do remember in terms of the derby, my, my first kind of recollections were actually Somerset, going to Somerset, to be honest with you. I remember the, the guy across the road from me taking me down saying, it's a nice game, I'm sure there's a lot of trouble fans around the pitch and stuff like that. Like that. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's my sort of early, early recollections. Um, this time went on, there was obviously different games in the 70s with it. A famous 6-1 victory against Ian for the late Ian Fallis scored a hat-trick in a famous game. So, yeah, it's just back in the day, obviously, Kilmarnock and Air were quite often in the same league and there was regular regular meetings, whereas, you know, in the past, I don't know, 30, 30 40 years even, we've, we haven't seen a lot of each other. What are your memories? You touched just on um, going to Rugby Park when it was the old stand, when it would have only been one stand and then three sides of terrace. And what are your memories of how Rugby Park looked like and um, what it was like back then? Yeah, I remember it was just, you know how you, you tend to look affectionately back, I think, in the, old, the good old days and everything was great. I, I remember you used to get a leftover, you know, me guys used to get a leftover. You need some industrial machinery to get me a lift over at a game now. But back in the day, you used to get wee guys standing out the, outside the turnstiles asking the adults if they could get a lift over and you get into the into the terracing. Um, always went into the home end of the terracing. There was the, the old scoreboards behind the goals at the, 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 John, no, the, Johnny Walker, the opposite end from the Johnny Walker. There was the old scoreboard and at half-time, the wee guy would run round with his wee, wee board and put up the, the half-time scores, you know, that people would take off the back of their programme. Across the back of the day, it was like standards of it. The terrace wasn't directly behind the goals, you know, it was like an oval shaped pitch, like the traditional old pitch, you would say. And so, yeah, it was like a, you know, it was an ideal football ground, if you like, you know, it was a template for a great old football ground. Uh, and it was a great pitch as well back in the day, obviously, we, we got a wee bit of criticism these days of the plastic pitch, but. Um, back in the day, Rugby Park, I think, was the best surface in Scotland and was generally acknowledged that that was the case. So, there's a lot of games getting pulled off with the weather. There wasn't under soil heat, etc. back in the day. But yeah, it was just that. always seemed to me that Kamara was always that wee bit better than everybody else, no? so that's still the case. <laughs> Unlike other counties, such as, say, Lanarkshire, for example, who have uh, multiple derbies, um, for example, you've got Motherwell versus uh, Hamilton, Motherwell versus Airdrie, etc., and Motherwell-Hamilton obviously played each other quite often, just up until the summer just there. Ayrshire only really has the one derby, the one big rivalry in terms of senior football. Do you think that that adds to the occasion of the Ayrshire derby when it comes around? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes it, it makes it special for that very reason, Andy. And it also, uh, because of it, as I said, it, the lack of times that we've actually met each other in competitive football, it's only cup games up to last season. It's been cup games for, you know, 30 years or whatever. Um, it's you know as that we bit more special. I think there's there's no sort of um, the areas to who your main local rival is. It's 
it's, it's very it's very clear. There's only two teams, two senior teams. Although some people would tell you all can later, but second biggest team there. So that's come to debate, I'm sure. Um, once we get this new league and some teams darbling off and leg threatening to come up, we might have we might have more senior teams in there. Sure. But yeah, it's it's really special, and I think there's been a few games covered in the television over the you know the, the years when Kilmarnock and have played the cup replays and stuff, and the atmosphere is fantastic. You know, it's it's one of those things that it doesn't happen so often. So when it does happen, it, it, you know, it really is special. Um, I feel as like you see, like some other Hamilton and I'm sure. When they're playing in the team, playing each other four times a season, maybe drawing each other in the cup. Suppose this sort of, you know, that special feeling about it, the spark goes out very slightly. So I think when it only happens once in a while, it's, it's far more special. Um, and as I say, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic atmosphere any time that we play here. Just a pity, obviously, in terms of the upcoming game, we're not going to get the fans in, which, which doesn't help. But yeah, it's still a very special occasion. You mentioned there a 6-1 victory for Kilmarnock against there with Ian Fallis scoring a hat-trick. Are there any other memorable derby games that stick out for you? Good question. I mean, everyone's got its own memory. I suppose the one huge stick-out one is the, the League Cup semi-final 2012. I mean, if you consider it, it's pretty much once-in-a-lifetime stuff, you know, that the, the two Ayrshire teams are going to meet each other in a semi-final. Hamden, you know, I, I, I can't see that happen again in, a, in my lifetime, to be honest with you. That was an absolutely huge game. Um, just remember the, the nerves before that game, just the, the dread that if you ever lose this, you know, there's no sort of comeback for that. You, you would hear about it forever more. So when we actually, it was a very nervous game, you know, it went to extra time, but when Dean Shield scored that winner, the, the, relief, the relief was, uh, you know, palpable. It was unbelievable. Uh, and... The, the biggest thing you can say about that game, the against Celtic won it. However, the, the crowd that come out took to the semi-final was bigger than the crowd that took to the final. And I think that just sort of summed up the importance of the you know the, the local derby factor, if you like. Um, you know how important that was. I think when we got to the final, it was more a case of well, we've beat you. That's the main thing. I don't think there's any great expectation in the final. To be honest with you. Are there any memorable big game derby players that you loved having in your team that you always wanted to have whenever it came a derby just because you knew that they were something special and could do something? Yeah. I mean, when you mentioned that, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when we went back down, when Kelly went back down the leagues in the sort of late 80s and uh, the club was in a bit of a mess off the park and they were trying to get a new, you know, a new board of directors in with Bobby Fleet, etc. We brought in Tommy Burns, we played there a few times at that, around about that time. And Tommy Burns was always the player that absolutely brought his A game. He obviously played in old firm games, which, you know, in terms of attendance, etc., were huge. You know, he, he, the same attitude and the same commitment, the same desire for, for an Ayrshire derby as he did for the, you know, for the the, the old firm. So, yeah, it was um, Tommy Burns was absolutely outstanding. Scored a couple of memorable goals down at Somerset. During my lifetime, Tommy Burns has been you know, I think the most influential, the most inspirational player and manager we've had. And so in an airship derby, I would I would have Tommy Burns in my team every time. He was the he was a class act. And conversely, is there anyone from air, any opposition players who you love to hate and saved a wee bit of uh, vitriol for from the terraces? Back in the day there was I dare say the Kamala fans would hate 
the guys that, they, that your fans loved, you know. So they had a goalie away back in the day, I'm showing my age here, a goalie back in the day called Hugh Sproat, who's a character, you know, and obviously, especially at Somerset, you're very close to the back, so this win, you're nearly in distance to the goalkeeper. But it was very easy to just wind up the early fans, you know, and give it a bit of verbals and just swinging the bar and all that kind of stuff. So he was a he was the right character. They used to get pelters by Henry Templeton. And again, it was, I think it was very much a case that he was the ear kind of hero at the time, so he was the you know, he was the, the target for the Kelly fans. So yeah, again another one uh, the, the the Kelly fans did like strangely enough there was a player who passed away recently and yeah, he's a great guy, John Sludden. And he, he's one of the few players that have uh, you know brushed the divide, so to speak. He was an air hero. He had a, he had a great job career, I think. Yeah, he was a fantastic player, but then he came up to Rugby Park. And he was a great player for us as well. He was a, he was a cracking guy. Um, like, you know, it was quite an unusual one because obviously it's not very often that you know players go you know from one to the other, especially established players that are you know sort of heroes if you like at one club and go to the other. That's very very rare. So, yeah, when it happened with Sludden, you know, but he was welcome with Kelly, he was a tremendous player with Kelly, and as I said, I got to know John a wee bit after. He was a, he was a cracking guy as well. So, yeah, there's been a few, they're listening to air players that spring to mind over the years, as far as I'm concerned. But, as I say, the problem is we haven't played them much recently, so I don't think Kelly fans will know many air players at this moment in time. What was the last Ayrshire Derby game that you went to? I think the last one was where we beat them when I was... So I'm getting mixed up here. I don't know if the last one was a replay. We, we, we beat them one nothing. Rory McKenzie scored the ball at Rugby Park. And then I think prior to that, we had drawn, I think it was two each down at Somerset, and Pascali and Fernandez and Acer, the guys, Tao, were playing with Kilmarnock. And they come back up to Rugby Park, and then we went up with Fernandez, we take off, and we beat them. We still beat them 3 1. I think Simon Ford scored two that night. So that's been the most recent games, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm missing some obvious here. But I think. So it's um, you know it's very it's very few and far between. It's the ones that are very bright, bright light about coming down, you know, getting relegated as, as we get to these derbies again. And so it's not just a wee one off. There'll be four games, so yeah, it'll be very interesting games. And obviously, um, from Kilmarnock's point of view as well, Kilmarnock also have um, a sort of mini rivalry from the seventies and eighties with Partick Thistle back in the day. Um, if someone was to ask you who you um, disliked more in terms of the derby, would you have said Ayr or would you have said Thistle? Yeah, I mean, certainly, definitely Ayr. I mean, the Thistle one's a bit of a funny one to me because I think the sort of hatred from Thistle towards Kelly is far more than the other way around. I, I, I don't quite get it, to be honest I mean, back in the 70s, 80s, we were a bit of a yo-yo team in terms of going up and down, you know, relegation promotion. Um and Partick Thistle were very much the same, you know, very similar to us at that time, fighting each other for relegation or promotion. And so there was always a bit of, you know, a bit of a spark between the, the two clubs whenever we played. However, I would, I would, I would never have put it in the same bracket as a, you know, a long-established local rivalry that we have with the United. So, yeah, I, I don't quite get the part that we I mean, they absolutely hate Kelly, you know. They, I'm not saying how much they hate Kelly more than they do, but... Um, yeah, and I think I think the only we Kilmarnock fans don't like this news because of the sort of you know hatred towards us, and in no way does it compare to the, the you know the local derby. Absolutely nothing like it. You know, it's it's a one-off and something that will never be broken. And lastly, given that um, as you've touched on, the Ayrshire derbies up until recently have been few and far between, just because for twenty-eight years the teams have been in two different leagues. Do you think that playing 
against your local rivals four times at least this season uh, will dilute the importance or the spectacle of the derbies when they come around? Yeah, I don't think it will dilute the... Um, I don't think it will dilute it purely because we haven't seen that much of each other. I think if we were, both teams were to stay down and, you know, you're, you're playing each other, you know, over a number of years, four times, and maybe a cup game or whatever, it slowly sort of dilutes it. But I think in terms of this season, it's all very fresh. Yeah, I don't think in this season it will be diluted, but as I say, I think if time goes on, if, if you know, somebody gets promoted or relegated and we're in different leagues, then, yeah, I think as, as the same point was making earlier, really the same mother will Hamilton had it for years. I think it, it maybe doesn't mean quite so much. It likely means as much, but it just, you just don't get as, you know, fired up about it come the actual game. Um, you know, I think it's the, the biggest factor in the Championship this season, so I'm pretty sure, I know the first game is in the, of the television, and I'm pretty sure you know, a couple of others at least will be as well. So, really something to look forward to for both fans. A great occasion. And as I said before, just a wee pity that um, more fans couldn't get in. Hopefully come the second round of games, uh, which I think Somerset on a Tuesday night, then it'll be a full house and we'll get a proper atmosphere. Thanks to Sandy for sharing his memories with us. In the past three decades, the Ayrshire Derby has thrown up a great deal of drama and the fact that games between Kilmarnock and Ayr have been rare occasions up until recently has made the derby worth a watch for most neutrals. Good luck to both teams from us here at the Citizen. And here's hoping for more entertainment as the leagues kick off this weekend. At the start of the podcast, we asked you which team had won the Ayrshire derby the most. The answer is Kilmarnock. At the time of recording, in competitive games in major competitions, Kelly have won 56 games to Ayr's 48, with 34 draws. If you add all other local competitions into this, such as the Ayrshire Cup, Kelly have 99 victories to Ayr's 86, with 52 draws. Historically, Kelly have the bragging rights, but you can bet that Ayr will be desperate to try and reduce Kelly's margin of victories with four derbies pencilled in for this season. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us again next week when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, you can subscribe to Football Memories Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more, email lindsay at lindsay.hamilton at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland in association with Alzheimer Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBrathy. Thanks to Drew Lambert and Sandy Armour for their contributions towards making this episode.